The Productive Woman, Episode 113. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I am so glad you joined me for this episode. I'm going to share with you my conversation with graphic designer and yoga teacher, Alyssa Smith of New Zealand. You'll find more information about Alyssa, along with links to the resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 113. And now let's get right into my conversation with Alyssa. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Women listeners, Alyssa Smith. Alyssa is a freelance graphic designer, a yoga teacher in training for a particular uh, program that she'll tell us a little bit about, a mindfulness meditation teacher, a cat lover, an aerial hoop enthusiast, and I'm going to want to hear about that, and a Kiwi, she says, uh, living in Auckland, New Zealand. But she's also basically just a busy woman like the rest of us, so I've really been looking forward to talking with Alyssa about how she manages her busy life and what suggestions she can maybe make that will help us. So welcome, Alyssa. Hi, Laura. I am so glad you're here. I'm so excited. I've been really looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, well, we met through email. You sent an email in uh, to me uh, talking about the podcast a little bit. And as we traded emails back and forth, I just found your expertise in your life kind of interesting. And I thought it would be so fun to have you come on the show and share a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you manage to do it all. So I'm glad to have you here. Um, Maybe we could start by, I mean, I gave a little glimpse of who you are, but tell us a little bit about who you are and, and how you spend your time. Yes, sure. Um, well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on. I've been enjoying your podcast for about a year now when I came across it, and I've learned so many tips and tricks um, just from listening. And the, the time was really good for me because about a year and a half ago, I left my job that I'd been at for 14 years and the same job and um, but became a freelance graphic designer. And so suddenly working for myself posed a whole lot of new issues. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and I kind of had to figure it out along the way. So to actually find a, a community of people who, um, you know, offering tips and advice to each other was was really, I really welcomed that. And yeah, sort of, I'd love to share the way that I work is quite unique, which I'll ex- explain. Um, and I've learned so much as I go along trying to optimize my time and, um, you know, really working on the things that are the most important. And just to give you a bit of an overview, so I'm working as a freelance graphic designer, um, but I also teach yoga. And I work for a company called Les Mills, which is a, a gym empire in New Zealand. And the Les Mills classes, the programs are offered around the world, um, 10,000 clubs. So it's it's really exciting to be a part of that. And so what I teach is body balance. Mm. And um, that's a, a type of yoga, Tai Chi and Pilates, which is developed by Les Mills. And uh, I absolutely love that. I've been doing it for a couple of years. Um, and I'm 
currently uh, doing my 200-hour yoga teacher training, wow. which is quite big. <laughs> it's quite big for me. It's um, in two parts, and I'm halfway through. Um, so as of by the end of this month, I'm hoping that I'll be certified to teach yoga. So with all of that going on, it means that I've got my freelance design and my yoga classes, and it's just a, a matter of trying to work uh, my days around being because uh, I work from home, so being at home working at my computer, and then heading off to do classes, and um, you know, just optimizing my time um, and really keeping track of my schedule. Mm, yeah. So it's a little bit of an overview. <laughs> yeah, and so um, you teach the classes at the gym. That's not so, uh, as part of uh, working for the gym, or are you like an independent contractor kind of thing? Uh, I'm a contractor to the gym. Okay. And um, and then there's a few other things I do on the side. So I also teach kids yoga, which is uh, – that's with a company called Yogi Kids, which is a good friend of mine has that company. Oh. And that is such a lot of fun. I taught a class yesterday to 22 children, and we went on a big adventure to Africa. And, you know, it was it's a lot of fun. You go on this um, big journey with the children. We use all of our senses. So oh. – Okay. Um, it's not just about movement, but, um, you know, it's a little bit of education and, um, you know, we encourage them to make a lot of noise and, you know, really express themselves. And then straight from that, I went to teaching adults and I had to sort of rein it all back in again. And <laughs> okay, we're not going to be doing a lion's roar in this class. You know, we're going to be, it's a little, their the requirements are a little different. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I feel like I wear a lot of different hats yeah. and, that's a, a really key thing for me is that um, as well as doing those classes, I then come back to my computer and I'm working on, you know, branding for clients, um, creative design jobs and and so on. So the, the, the key thing for me really is about being really present in what I'm doing at, the, at that time. So being really present in the task and mindful of what I'm doing because I just can't be thinking about my yoga classes while I'm doing my design. And when I'm at the gym, I teaching a class, I can't be thinking about my emails, you know, you know, that's interesting. It's a that can be a challenge when you're doing uh, things that are so different from each other, you know, whether it's different in the sense of t teaching yoga to children versus teaching yoga to adults, which I, I would think that the techniques or the approach is going to be very different, but then also the, the design work, which is not physical, but more mental and creative. How do you, um, I want to get to, you know, sort of the practical side of how you manage all that, but from a, a mindfulness perspective or just a, a mindset perspective, how do you stay in the moment doing what you're doing and not let these other things bleed over? Um, it comes down to even just 
using a different part of the house. I mean, I work from home, so I have an office set up with my my desk and my computer and everything that I need for my design work. Um, but then if I'm going to be um, practicing for a class or, you know, preparing my class, doing my planning and everything, I'm likely to be in another room um, with my mat out and all the resources I need for that. So already there's a different headspace for the task that I'm doing. You know, I won't sit at my computer and start planning my class. You know, it's um, I have a, a very, I really try to separate these things out. Um, I use a lot of music for my classes. So I don't tend to listen to that same music while I'm working because it just it confuses my mind. Yeah. It triggers <laughs> um, a different kind of thinking. That's exactly right. I feel like I'm using an entirely different part of my brain, you know. And, you know, I can be um, – let's say when I need to go and teach a class, I try not to – work at my computer right up until that last minute because it means that I'm not mentally prepared for my class and so when I go to teach you know and I need to be really present in front of the members ready for them to you know offer them what they are there for and what, what they need I can't have my head full of the task that I was working on or you know full of those stresses I can't bring that stuff with me so I do a lot of sort of preparation in advance where I'll have a little bit of downtime before my class and that's when I'll just you know listen to the music and um kind of step out of design mode and step into my yoga mode I suppose you'd say yeah I mean that's such a a good point a good reminder as I, I'm thinking as you were talking about that the importance of creating a buffer between the different elements of our life, whether it's, you know, to, to have that little bit of downtime to switch modes, I guess. That's right. Yeah. And it kind of leads into um, how I actually structure my days. So some days, I mean, I teach most days, but there are a couple of days a week where I can just focus on my design work. So um, I kind of look at it as being like internal and external days. Mm. So sort of inward and outward, and that's the best way to describe it, where a day where I've got a few classes lined up, you know, I'm going to be out and about. I will actually also schedule meetings on those days. So I'm almost batching things together. Um, and I don't have that expectation of being able to get design work done. I just know that I'm going to be, you know, preparing for class, going to teach my class and, maybe heading off to a meeting after that and filling up my day with outward um, activities, I suppose. And then on the inward days, um, I will just set myself up at home with my schedule full of all the work that I um, am hoping to achieve that day. And that's basically it, you know, having that separation between those days. And because otherwise, if I was to let's say, um, head off and teach a class and then come back and do some work and then go out again and teach another class or have a meeting or something. It's really disruptive to my workflow. And especially as a creative person, yeah. it's really hard to just sit down at the computer and come up with this amazing creative design and then, you know, leave halfway through it and go and do something else. It's just not practical to work that way. Yeah, it's interesting that you the terminology you used. Uh, I'm remembering another guest a few episodes ago, um, who's also a creative person, Jennifer Lee also talked about uh, separating her days and her time between what she called inward facing work and outward facing work and the same for the same kinds of reasons. So 
it obviously is an important approach to doing those sorts of things. And, and the sort of time batching, you get the efficiency of doing all your stuff outside the home in, in one day. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, your whole mindset, your mood and everything is different on those days. Um, you know, even just the way that you dress, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when I am staying at home, um, let's just say I'm very casually dressed, <laughs> <laughs> especially in the winter time, I may or may not be in a onesie, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you know, when I go out and meet people, I'll be wearing makeup, um, you know, be a little, I'll at least do something with my hair, you know what I mean? So that actually changes your whole, almost your personality for the day. You know, you've sort of got that outward personality where you're ready to face people and greet them as opposed to being um, so focused on my work that I don't really want to invite anyone into my my space while I'm in that creative mode. Um, I do know that that is actually the benefit of working from home. I don't have someone walking into my office every five minutes. So, yeah. But, yeah. Well, th- but there's some real value there for everybody, regardless of where they work. And it's something actually I've been uh, thinking about uh, for an upcoming episode, the the whole concept of being able to block out time and the space to do whether it's that you know, the kind of creative artistic work that you're doing or the creative thinking maybe that I have to do as a lawyer for crafting a document or something like that to carve out that uninterrupted time, whatever it takes for you to be able to do that. In your case where you're working from home, maybe that's a little easier, but even for somebody like me, if I can close my door or you know, turn off the phone or even leave and go work in a conference room somewhere where nobody knows where I am to, to create that space, that mental space and the time to really focus and, and dig deep for the kinds of work that you or I or anybody else might need to do. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I think that that kind of leads into something that we've actually had a discussion about, which is um, notifications. Mm. That's a really big one for me because I'm an iPhone user and, you know, a Mac and everything. And I, about a, well, it might have been about six months ago, I just went and deactivated every single notification setting on my phone um, and oh, just made a huge, huge difference yeah. to the way that I operated. And, and I hadn't never even really considered it before then. You know, I don't need to know every little thing that's happening out there. Basically, I leave on notifications for um, text messages and Facebook Messenger because that's those are the only places really where people may want to contact me with a little more urgency. So um, I like to be responsive to, to that. But um, other than that, I like to check social media on my own terms. So just when when I have the headspace and the time available to do it rather than having it shout at me when it wants to tell me something. <laughs> um, and and I don't have those um, little red bobbles on the apps on my phone, you know, mm-hmm. because that's it's just anxiety-inducing. <laughs> it really go, oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, yeah. Somebody wants me to know something, <laughs> you know, right. or there's, there's something unattended to on, you know, in my life. For me, that's, that's how it feels when I see those little red bubbles that tell me, oh, you've got, you know, three messages or 45 or, you know, whatever it is at any given time that there's that sense of uh, unfinished business of something that I'm supposed to be doing that I haven't done yet. And it can it's be right. disruptive. And, and it's, not, 
Yeah, and it's not so much about the interest of, I wonder what those things are. It's more the fact that I just want the red bubble to go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go on it just to clear it away. And then I just thought, this is silly. I'm going to take back my time and, you know, actually take ownership of, of you know, what I'm being fed. And so now I can, I can actually take the action to go and um, see if there's anything of interest, that, you know, something that might interest me on social media. Uh, and and it's just a, it's the same thing as email. I mean, I couldn't imagine having my emails shout at me every time one comes through. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I choose the time that is right for me to go on and check my emails. Personally, I am actually quite responsive to my emails, so I do check them fairly regularly, um, which is partly because when I'm doing design work, I tend to be emailing that off quite regularly. So maybe every hour or a couple of hours. Um, so at that time, I'll also just see what has come in and then, you know, action it accordingly, you know, come back to it later or respond immediately, depending on what it is. Well, you've you've shared a little bit about how your days are structured and, and uh, maybe even more correctly how your weeks are structured in terms of of days at home and days when you're out and about um, and so every person's life is a little bit different presents different challenges as far as staying productive and and getting those things done that really matter to them and we all have different uh, if you want to call it weaknesses challenges whatever when it comes to all that what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your your time your life or your space um well it's funny you say how everyone is different but also um we ourselves are, are different from day to day you know so yeah. it's even more than that you know you have a, a different mood or a different motivation every day or facing different tasks and you know so sort of tailoring um your work day to that is quite important as well um so the biggest challenges for me i guess as a creative person or maybe as a very passionate person, which most of us are, I find it really hard to say no. Mm. And it's not so much the fact that I don't know how to say no, or I feel like I'm going to let somebody down. It's more the fact that I just really want to do the work ah. <laughs> and it's exciting, you know, and how could I turn down this opportunity? And I, as soon as I hear about it, I want to start working on it immediately, even though that's not practical because I have a thousand other jobs ahead of it. <laughs> so that is a real challenge. So I tend to find myself constantly overcommitted. Mm. Um, and the best way to get around that really is just by the, the tools that I use, um, scheduling my time. Um, I'm a big fan of using Nosby. Um, I use that for my my task manager, and I know that you're big on that one as well. Yes. So you understand how that works. Um, so everything I need to do, well, particularly for my design work, is in Nosby. If it's not, I'm, I'm likely to forget about it. <laughs> so I'm very, yeah, I'm very systematic about that. Um, but then sometimes I might look ahead to the following day and find that I've scheduled 26 hours worth of work and I'm going, hmm, I think there's a bit of a problem here. <laughs> so this is not practical. So I'm very um, uh, systematic about um, allocating time to each task so that it's not just a task list, but it's actually 
because you think you can achieve more in a day than you really can. Yeah. And so if I can see that I've scheduled, you know, even if it's just six hours worth of work, I mean, that tends to spread out to a full day anyway. Um, so it's a much more realistic way of being able to look at what I've got ahead and just being really realistic about what I can achieve in by what deadline, um, you know, if I can see that I'm not going to get to do it by Friday, I need to tell the client that or I need to work something else out so that I can achieve it. So it's really keeping open lines of communication with my clients as well and pushing out deadlines where possible or, yeah. <laughs> so, so Alyssa, I think what you were talking about with respect to allocating time to tasks is the feature in Nosby and in most digital task managers that allows you when you create a task to, among other things, uh, enter how much time you've allocated for it or how much time you think it's going to take. And that gives you a couple of things. Um, if you've, you know, got six tasks for tomorrow and each of them is a two hour task, uh, you may have a problem there that you need to kind of move things around. And, mm. and so it's a real good way of, of kind of gauging whether you're over committing yourself. But one quick question. Well, first of all, is that kind of what you were re referring to? Exactly. Yeah. And, and how, yes. how good are you at, uh, estimating the time it's going to take. That's my real question. I'm getting better. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, historically, I would always underestimate how long something would take. And now I'm actually quite generous with the time. If it's only a small task um, that, you know, may take me, you know, half an hour, but I'll quite often actually just allocate an hour just in case. And, you know, you never know. I mean, the client might come back with a few little changes. Oh, can you just quickly change that? And then that covers that time as well. Otherwise, having to make all these alterations that you haven't allowed for, I mean, that might mean that you don't get to do an entire other task that you'd hope yeah. to achieve. So I do try to be generous with the time. I, I think that's probably wise. A lot of us, you know, I think you said this, it, tend to be uh, unrealistic about the amount of time that things are going to take and, and, and about how much we can get done in a day. So I think using a task manager like Nosby and that particular feature, thinking ahead, is a really wise idea. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned uh, another challenge that you deal with. Um, well, I just by nature, I get distracted really easily. And, you know, that's the whole reason of why I have all of these systems in place to keep me on track and keep me focused, because it's so easy to just, you know, you're away with the fairies and not thinking about time. <laughs> and, and the same again, when I'm actually working, I can get lost in a job and hours just fly by. So um, I tend to try to use the Pomodoro technique there's actually an app that I've just started using called Focus Keeper and that's quite a good um, it's based on the Pomodoro te technique so you can set the amount of time that you want to be working for and then set the amount of time that you want to have a break for and it actually does these blocks of uh, work time um, which complete a greater block of achieving the task I can't quite remember how they phrase it but um you know, that way you can actually break up an entire day's work. Let's say if you're working on one giant task or project, um, you can break it down into these smaller chunks so that you make sure that you are having a break and you're not spending too long um, sitting at your computer 
and also you're not having, spending too long having a break yeah. because <laughs> um, it's easy to do as well if you're losing track of time. So by actually having something else manage my time and call me back to my computer, um, it actually gives me the freedom to, um, again, just be really present in what I'm doing and not be watching the clock. Yeah, you've made the decision ahead of time about how you want to portion out your time and then you let the the app, in this case, keep you on that plan. That's right. Yeah. And then that just frees up your mind. Um, so you can really get focused in your, in what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And it's the, the Pomodoro technique, we've talked about it on the show before, uh, and I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes. You shared a number of other tools, uh, that you, use and some of them are very familiar to me. I, I see that you use text expander to help yes. be more efficient with your time. I love text expander. It's such a great tool. Um, you know, the other good thing about text expander is that it, um, it helps you with spelling mistakes. I mean, yeah. the amount of times that you write, um, that you sign your name off at the end of an email and how often do you, well, for me personally, the amount of times I spell my name incorrectly just because you're being, you know, typing so fast and yeah. I might just put in one S or something. And then I think later that my, person must think that they've always had my name wrong. You know? <laughs> and it's, it's, kind of, it's so silly. Or you write, thanks, but you um, transpose the letters and it's just, it's so silly. Whereas text expander, if you use a shortcut for your usual sign off, then you know that it's going to be right every time. Yeah, that's, that's a really great feature of using a tool like text expander. I, I have snippets for phone numbers and email addresses and, uh, you know, all kinds of things for, for that reason, you save a lot of time, but you also get it right every time and you don't uh, have to worry about those little typos. I'm going to put links to uh, some of these other great tools that you suggested that you use. Uh, I'll put those in the show notes so folks can find that and have a look at that. Um, I want to talk about, um, well, I want to get on to one other thing, but you mentioned a couple of podcasts that you've been listening to that I had not heard of. Talk about those a little bit because, and what they are and um, why you like them, what you're getting out of them. Yes, How We Work Now, Julia Roy. Mm -hmm. um, she is absolutely brilliant. Oh, I really want to tell you one thing that I learned from her. Um, oh, she's just absolutely fantastic. The things she thinks of are, are just genius. So I have completely organized all of the apps on my iPhone according to the system that she suggests. And, man, it's the little things that change your life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what she does is, so if you think about your iPhone as being like a grid and then you can have groups of apps, um, so you can group all the, the like ones together and then the one that you use the most in that group, have that outside of the group and to the left. So basically that means that you have a, a vertical column of apps and then to the right of it, you have a vertical column of uh, related apps within a group. Um, so let's say I have Evernote as a standalone app and then to the right of it, I've got a folder that has all of my other note-keeping um, apps. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, or, or for example, I have um, one for podcasts because I listen to podcasts all the time. And then to the right of that, I have a group, I call that folder Listen. And within that, I have um, Audible and um, 
iHeartRadio and like all of these other apps that are related to listening. Um, and so to actually have all of my apps so organized like this just means that it you know, saves time and it looks nice and tidy. It's all organized. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. she, she is full of all of these tips like that. Um, so if you go to workhacks.com and then how we work now, uh, I'm sure you'll put a, a little note in the, the show notes, um, but she's got lots of ideas there. The other one is The Mindful Kind with Rachel Cable. She's an Australian. Um, I've literally only just started listening to her, but her approach is about being mindful in what you do. And that's where my approach is now as well. You know, I've talked about being really present in your current tasks and what you're doing and I mean that's part of what I do with um, my yoga teaching as well I'm really understanding the importance of being present you know the key thing is that if you're multitasking you're not being present in what you're doing right. <laughs> so and, and it's just it's such a simple thing you know if your mind is scattered and you're trying to juggle all of these balls in the air you're not really focusing on your task at hand she's got a lot of good tips as well and um different ways of of working but as I say I've only just started listening to her podcast but I'm sure she's got some great ideas yeah those are great and I will put links uh, for both of those in the show notes and I intend to listen to them myself because they they both caught my eye as being something really interesting well for those who listen to the show, you know that there's a particular question I love to ask every guest because I learn something every time and it's kind of turned into a favorite of listeners. Uh, and with all the systems that you have in place and the, the thought you have put into how you organize your days and your week and the tools you use and, and all of that, even with all of that, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Basically, if I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm lacking focus or motivation, I tend to just sit back and think about what it is that is making me feel that way. So it might be a personal thing or um, maybe I'm not, maybe it's my health, I'm not feeling great or my mood or just not um, motivated. So times like that, go a little easy on yourself, mm. you know, take it easy. And um, sometimes the, you know, your stress tolerance is low. Uh, so that's when I might just take a break, go and listen to some music as a distraction or connect with a friend or, you know, make a cup of tea or coffee or something nice to eat, even just get moving. So take a walk or do a yoga sequence um, or even just sitting outside in the sun for five minutes, you know, just something to actually t take a break and get out of whatever it is, is making me feel overwhelmed. So let's say in an extreme case, if I'm really just not feeling great, I might actually just sit down with a book and take a bit of time out. But if I do that, I'll actually set a timer. So I might allow myself half an hour just to chill out and take it easy on myself. And then also I won't be feeling anxious about needing to go back to work because, you know, after 30 minutes is up and I can go, oh, okay, I'm feeling a lot more refreshed and I can kind of get back into it. Um, but sometimes you know, it may just be that you've got too much work on your plate. Uh, so what I've tried there is I'll actually completely clear my schedule. So I'll have a look at Nosby and have a look at all of the tasks that I need to do in that day. And 
I'll actually play around with moving them to the next day or a few days later or deleting it if it's not important and maybe even contacting clients and saying, hey, can I you know, get an extra day on that? And you wouldn't believe how it actually feels to clear your schedule mm. and just that overwhelming feeling of relief to have a completely clear schedule. And so then once you've shifted your mindset and come down from that stress and just, you know, calmed yourself down. And then you can start inviting some jobs back into your schedule. Mm. So you can go, okay, I might just take on this and whatever you can actually manage. And all of a sudden it's so much more manageable. I love the way you phrase that. Invite some tasks back into your schedule. It's that is so uh, it's so intentional. It's so, you know, purposeful. It's almost like you've just shut the door on the world and then you open it up a little bit again and say, all right, you can come back in. The rest but just of you, you stay out there. The rest, <laughs> you leave your friends there. behind. <laughs> yeah, until I say you can come back in. Um, that way, you know, you can still get work done, but it's it's just a whole different mindset of a different approach. Yeah. Um, and then that way you're actually really looking at the important tasks. You know, what task is you know, if it doesn't get done, the world is going to end. You know, we all have one of those every single day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just that one really important task um, that just has to get done. And often it's the one you really don't want to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, lastly, sometimes it's actually not just about finding motivational inspiration, but it's actually just knuckling down and just doing it. Just do the thing. Just do it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we actually, I think, need to be a little bit harder on ourselves. And I have an example. Um, it was only a, f a few days ago where I was thinking, gosh, how am I ever going to uh, get through this work? And I had this job looming ahead of me. And often when it's a creative job, um, I'm, I really look forward to having it there, having it in front of me and presenting it and it's done. But sometimes just starting that job can be a real challenge. So, um, and it was kind of late at night and I was ready to go to bed and I thought, oh, I might actually just make it a little easier on myself the next day by doing a little bit of preparation on it. So I usually start by doing a bit of research, find some resources that I need to start on the job and um, some inspiration. I thought, well, I'll just collect some inspiration. And then that way, when I go to start the job tomorrow, um, I'll already have a starting point. And as I'm sure you can imagine what the end of the story is, that I got the entire job done. Mm. <laughs> and it was actually just starting it and just going, look, come on now, I really need to make a start on this job. And then as I started progressing and I found, you know, that I actually found some traction and some momentum and I just, I couldn't stop. And um, I was really, really happy with what I came up with in the end. And, you know, so of course the next day and I had another look at what I had done and I was like, yes, I actually nailed it. Uh, which is always a great feeling. Yeah, um, I mean, it's so true, though, that uh, those jobs or those projects, those tasks, whatever, that we kind of are are avoiding because they seem too big or, or whatever. Maybe we're tired, what, whatever it is. It's the starting that's the hardest part. I did an episode about that not long ago, that if we can find a way in, and that's what you did. You found the easiest way into that task, um, and had given yourself permission to just do that one little bit. But once you got in there, it's not as big and scary and undoable as, as it felt like from the outside. 
That's exactly right. And even following on from that, um, sometimes, and especially when you're working on a creative job, um, I mean, it may be the same as writing. I'm not a writer, so I'm, I don't know. But, you know, that sometimes jobs are never really done. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, you can keep working and working and working on them when actually, you know, if you arrive at a point where you go, oh, this is looking really good, and then you put it down, walk away from it, and um, I like to close it all down, and, you know, leave the room, go and make a coffee or whatever. Obviously, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, and I will come back into, come back to my desk and I will open it with the eyes of the client. So I'll imagine what it's like um, being the client and opening it and seeing it for the first time. And nine times out of ten, it's perfect. Whereas I could have just sat there and just kept fiddling and playing around with different colors and, oh, I wonder how this would look over here. And then you sort of, you just keep going and going on it when actually it's it's perfectly fine the way that it is. Um, so actually taking a break from that and coming back to it is a, a quite a good approach as well. Yeah, with some a new perspective just from from having stepped away for a while. Well, that's, that's right. those are some great tips. Um in the last couple of minutes, I'm, I'm watching the clock. I wanted to be respectful of your time. I wanted to f talk a little bit about what's on the horizon for you. And you and I'd asked you about that. And you had mentioned a project that you are working on, the 100 Days Project. And just can you tell us in a minute or so what that's all about? Because I, I looked at it on your website and, and I thought it was so interesting. Yeah, sure. Um, because I obviously have all of this spare time that I don't know what to do with, <laughs> I thought I'd take on a fun project as well. Um, so the 100 Days Project was started by a lady called Emma Rogan, I think that's her name. Um, and she she is a designer herself. And um, so it's, it's actually a, a design project. And what we're encouraged to do is one thing every single day for a hundred days. And a hundred is a lot. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, really a lot, a hundred consecutive days. Um, so there are all sorts, I mean, there are hundreds of people participating in it and it may be um, just doing a piece of artwork or a piece of writing or a photo or um, just anything you could think of every day. Um, so it's, it's mostly uh, geared towards um, creative people, but obviously creativity comes through in so many different ways, which is really exciting. Uh, so I originated it in 2014 um, and I completed the 100 days and I that was actually the start of my yoga journey. I was just starting to teach yoga and I did one yoga pose every single day and I tried to have a bit of fun with it. You know, I was in a different location every day, a different pose and um, having a bit of a laugh. And to see a hundred days come together all as one project was just incredible. It, it was just so cool. And we had a um, an exhibition day and we could see each other's projects. And I was just overwhelmed by the creativity. It was wonderful. Um, and so then the, this is the second one that's come around. And, oh, actually, I think it might be the third, but it's the second time I'm doing it. Um, and so I thought, well, how am I going to 
do something different to what I did last time because I'm kind of overdoing a yoga pose every day, um, you know, ready for something different. So I've decided to defy gravity every day, which is quite interesting. Um, so all of the photos that I'm taking, um, I'm off the ground one way or another and handstands or um, jumping or levitating, which is obviously magic. But <laughs> <laughs> And just having a lot of fun with it. Um, we're about a third, maybe nearly halfway, almost halfway through the project. Um, and I've still got a lot of ideas, but it's it, it really teaches you discipline to actually commit to something every single day. And the biggest lesson that I learned from the last one I did is that done is better than perfection. Yeah. And to try to achieve perfection every single day was just, I mean, it's not possible, but um, and there are a lot of pictures that I didn't even really like, but they complete the journey. And to see them, it tells a whole story. You know, it's a yeah. story of 100 days of dedication. Um, and it was, it's just so much fun. Yeah. So and so fun. your project is, again, you're taking photographs of yourself defying gravity. And those, uh, I, I've looked at those on your website. I'll put a link in the show notes because uh, I think listeners would really enjoy looking at that. I, they're some very fun and interesting photographs. And and so I'll, I'll be watching as you complete the project going forward. So Alyssa, where where can people connect with you online? If uh, Where's the best place if they want to learn more about you, learn more about your graphic design work, your, your work on the project? Where, where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, the best place would be my website, which is www.wonder.nz, or NZ, as you say. And, yeah, I mean, I have a Twitter handle. My Twitter and Instagram are both RedNutWonder. So uh, RedNut is my nickname and Wonder is my business. Okay. Um, so I go by Wonder Design. And in the future, I'll be uh, going by Wonder Yoga as well as I move into teaching more yoga classes once I'm fully trained. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know quite where that's going to lead me, but um, there are so many opportunities up ahead. Yeah. And so I'll be sure and put the links to uh, your various social accounts and your website and so on in the show notes so folks can check out what you're doing and, and get in touch with you and communicate with you. Before we wrap up, um, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? Um, one little tip that I have is um, thinking about your past and future self. So I'm always thinking about my future self and what I can do now to help my future self. And then you find that your future self is so grateful to your past self. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I guess my whole, my whole way of working now is around mindfulness. And, you know, you talk about making a life that matters. And I think it really comes down to really being present in what you do. So you're not just checking off a to-do list every day, you know, but you're, you're really contributing to the world and the work that you do. And that is what really matters. And that can at times be all the motivation that you need. Yeah. Great way to end it. I thank you so much, Alyssa, for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you so much, Laura. That was fun. 
I really appreciate Alyssa for taking the time to share her thoughts with us on how she manages her busy life and also for some really great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Was there anything Alyssa said that particularly resonated with you? Do you have any questions for her? I would love to hear from you, and I know she would as well. You can share your questions or your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 113, or you can post a comment or a question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page or in the community Facebook group. Alyssa is there, and she'll respond as well if the question is for her. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can always leave a voice message on the website or the Facebook page. Just click the button there and record your thoughts there. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like the podcast in general and you think it's worth listening to, I would really appreciate your help in spreading the word about The Productive Woman. The best way you can do that always is to tell your friends. If you've got one or more friends who you think would enjoy this episode or the show in general, tell her how to find it. Point her to the website at theproductivewoman.com or show her how to subscribe in iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you listen to the podcast so that she can become part of the community as well. You can always share each episode on the website. If you go, like in this case, it's theproductivewoman.com slash, and then the number of the episode. In this case, it'd be theproductivewoman.com slash 113. That takes you right to the page. Basically, it looks like a blog post for this episode with notes and links and different things. But on every episode, there are a set of buttons, is a set of these social sharing buttons. So if you like the episode and you'd like to spread the word, you can click on, say, the Pinterest button, and it will share an image and a little blurb about the episode right to your Pinterest account. Or on Twitter, you can do the same for Facebook, if you're on Google+, LinkedIn, wherever. And that's a great way to help spread the word about the podcast. I always would appreciate if you'd consider, if you haven't already done so, leaving a review of the show in iTunes or on Stitcher. It's just a huge help. It gives a boost to the visibility of the show so other people can find it. But I also read and really appreciate the feedback. It helps me know whether I'm on track. So there are links to how to do that in the show notes. Or you can just go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, and that'll take you right to where you can either subscribe or leave a review. Want to remind you that uh, the Productive Woman Mastermind groups are in full swing for this fall. We've got groups meeting at various days and times, and I'm, I'm really loving watching the relationships being developed and the encouragement that the women are giving each other as each of them is making progress toward her goals that she's set for herself for this 12-week session. And uh, if you would like that kind of encouragement, motivation, accountability of being part of a a group of smart, motivated women uh, to achieve your own goals, you can do that starting in January. We'll have another set of groups put together. And I just think that'd be an awesome way to start off the year really strong with 
goals that you're working toward and a small group of women helping encourage and give you ideas and and that accountability that makes such a difference. If you'd like to be in a mastermind group after the first of the year, I'd love to have you, but there are only a few spaces. I keep the groups very small so that there's lots of one-on-one and lots of time to talk and encourage each other. I'm really not trying to create some sense of scarcity. There's a limit to how many of these I can do because I have a day job as a lawyer and uh, and I just, you know, I've thought about making the groups bigger, but I just think that loses that intimacy and that accountability. So I'm keeping the groups small. I can only do a handful of groups at any given time. So if you want to be in a group starting in January in one of these paid mastermind groups, it's not too soon to apply because I'm going to be putting the groups together in late November, beginning of December. So visit the work with me page on the website. You can find that there's a tab there or just go to the productive slash mastermind. You'll find more information about how the groups work and a link to the short online application. And once I get that, I'll get back to you with more info and you can decide if it's something you want to pursue to lock in your spot for the group starting in January. If you have questions, you can always email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I'm happy to answer your questions. Would love to work with you if that's something that appeals to you. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Alyssa. I hope you found something in it that is helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you mix network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.